and welcome to another session of Pip Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Cravel, and it's been quite some time since we last came to you guys and provided you with an episode. So today's episode is going to be a global economic shakedown, touching many topics. But before I go any further, if you are a new listener, we appreciate you. Welcome to the Lit community. The Litness begins here. Um, and if you, of course, are new to the company, then check out our website, litcapital.co.uk. We have some amazing features. Um, we also have a new website coming out on Monday, and that should give you guys a really good um, in-depth understanding of what we do, how we do things, but more importantly, how it can benefit yourself. With that being said, we provide live stream trading sessions free every Tuesday to Friday um, from 6.30 a.m. GMT to 8.30 a.m. GMT. And that really does provide traders a, a good understanding, a good insight to be able to trade the way we trade, catch the moves we're catching, uh, and interact with other traders. So if you would like access to these live stream calls, make sure you get access to our Discord, and that's going to be applicable through litcapital.co.uk. So with no further ado, I'm just going to give you a rundown on today's topics. Um, we will start off with the euro. We will go into the pound and the dollar. Um, we'll touch upon some stocks and we will also go into NFP. NFP, of course, was just yesterday, Friday. Um, we'll also go over Brexit, Germany, China, um, and we'll probably end off with a new IPO that's about to come out. So to start off the euro, um, for those of you who are inside of our Discord server, you would have seen uh, I sent out a trade on Euro NZD. Um, so far from the area that I called it from, Price has moved up 250 pips. It's hit our third take profit area. We are now, of course, sitting in the trade uh, risk-free and, of course, allowing it to do its thing. Um, the euro has been very strong recently. Euro USD broke the 120 level, which is a two-year high. Um, and the ECB has been speaking constantly for the past three weeks now. So we have been you know, laying clues down for everyone that's jumped onto our live stream calls and just letting people know, look, you know, there's something brewing here for the simple fact that we're seeing the ECB speak every single day or every other day. I don't want to exaggerate, but every other day, President Lagarde was speaking. So that's clearly given us an in, uh, understanding that something should be brewing. And, you know, it's fair to say we've seen it. Um, you know, the euro's had a very, very strong week. Um, it's broken new highs. Um, it's broken old highs, excuse me. Um, and the dollar, you know, before I get into the dollar, uh, let, let's really stay around the euro. Um, the euro, of course, has supporting factors. And, and one of the supporting factors that I did want to mention what was Germany, you know, the, the largest and strongest economy in, uh, in the euro, in the eurozone. But before I get into that, let me just stick with the currencies and I'll go into the pound and I'll come back to you after. So <clears throat> with the pound, it's, it closed at 134 on Friday, but it did actually reach 135. Uh, you know, 135, the highest was last around here, around uh, August, August, it's August, summer gone, you know? So it's, it's really doing well. And of course, there's a reason why we're seeing, you know, uh, Forex pairs, foreign currencies thrive. And that's because the dollar's taken a dive, okay? For those of you who are within our lit community, you know exactly what we teach. And, and exactly what we say, which is that the dollar is the Mac Daddy. So if the dollar's strong, the rest of the currencies have to be weak. And at the moment, the dollar's weak, which is given these other currencies a really good chance to thrive. So approaching the dollar, um, it's actually approaching now a two-year low, the dollar. 
and bonds are pushing back down but they do look like they are trying to accumulate some orders before going long potentially okay um, bond yields are looking like it's about to make a lower high before dropping down so there's potential for the dollar to recover the bond yields work inverse to the dollar and the bonds um, and the bonds are leaders to the dollar okay to the dxy when i say dollar i'm talking about the dxy um, so with that being said there is reason for the dollar to recover um, maybe it doesn't come until we see joe biden uh, step into his um, inauguration which will be in january so we'll see how things kind of play out um, moving into germany <coughs> as we were talking about the euro uh, the German industrial orders rose more than expected on the month of October. Data showed on Friday, raising hopes that the manufacturing sector in Europe's biggest economy started the fourth quarter on a solid footing during a second wave of the coronavirus pandemic. Now, the economic weakness resulting from the pandemic is more or less the result of the services sector. And this will not change soon. Okay, The federal statistics offices said Orders for industrial goods rose by just under 3% in seasonally adjusted terms, compared with Reuters' forecast for an increase of 1.5%. Um, and that was September's figures. So there has been a revised increase of just about 1.1%, but figures from the economy ministry showed domestic orders rose by 2.5% on the month, while orders from abroad were 3.2% higher. So contracts from the Eurozone have increased by half a percent and a breakdown of the data that demand for both capital and intermediate goods have increased while demand for consumer goods have contracted. So there's reason to see why the uh, German economy is going to push higher. And of course, I've said this before in a few episodes ago, which is that if the German economy is, is, is thriving, then the euro is also going to be able to go along with it. So a big indication to what's happening within the euro is looking into Germany. Um, and there you guys have it. Um, going into Brexit, okay, Boris, the bullet dodger, as you know, I like to call him. Um, he will be speaking to the European Commission, President Ursula von der Leyen um, today to try to break an impasse in trade talks with time running out to avoid a chaotic Brexit saga, a chaotic end to the Brexit saga. Okay, this is like any, any, uh, any film, any trilogy, you know, when it comes to the end of a movie and you're, there's a big cliffhanger and you're really waiting to see what happens next and how the show ends, how the film ends. We're at that stage and we've been there for a few years um, and nothing's happened. So it's getting pretty boring now. Um, Britain left the European Union on January the 31st, but rules governing trade, travel and business have remained unchanged during a transition period, which ends this year on the 31st of December. When a new relationship will be established with or without a deal, the trade talks between Boris the Bullet Dodger and von der Leyen could provide the political driving force to move the sides closer to bridging their substantial differences or highlight how the red lines on both sides mean a deal remains out of reach. So if the two sides fail to reach a deal, the five-year Brexit divorce will end messily just as Britain and Europe grapple with the vast economic cost of the COVID outbreak. So... British and EU negotiators have paused trade talks on Friday, which was yesterday, to call in their leaders to try to narrow the gaps and get an agreement after a week of negotiations failed to bridge significant divergences between the two sides. We already knew for quite a while that um, both parties were really just 
delaying the inevitable, okay? If they wanted to make a, a, an agreement, they would have made it a long time ago, okay? So there's definitely things happening and being delayed for a reason. Um, and this is all the more reason why we as traders have to be vigilant and, of course, take advantage of what's happening within our economy. Um, going into NFP, which was yesterday, since I've mentioned yesterday so much, the US labor market weakened dramatically in November as a fresh wave of the coronavirus put the brakes on hiring across the country. Now, the non-farm payrolls grew by only 245,000 through the middle of the month and a sharp slowdown from October. Um, October job gains, however, were also received down to 610,000 from an initial estimate of 638,000. So analysts had expected an increase of 469,000. The sharp slowdown in hiring is likely to put extra pressure on Congress to agree a fiscal relief package during this session before the inauguration of Joe Biden in January. So the thought that a weaker than expected report could tip Senate Republicans into accepting a bigger stimulus package than the $500 billion proposed by leader Mitch McConnell helped to support stock futures after the announcement that uh, the US Dow futures initially spiked higher. Um, but it quickly retraced, you know, their gains, their gains, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, um, their gains ended by 2 p.m. GMT. I'm just looking at the charts now. By about 2 o'clock, you know, price had kind of retracted back to where it originally moved from. So there wasn't really much real solid, uh, sort of solid moves based upon the news. Uh, the net addition of jobs was the smallest in the six months since May when an unprecedented wave of layoffs followed the first lockdown of the pandemic. And that will reinforce suspicions that the rebound in the economy since May is running out of steam. Now, as millions of Americans lose their entitlement to enhanced employment benefits while companies in the worst hit sectors set up the payoff or set up the pace of layoffs, should I say, the retail sector notched a decline of 35,000 jobs in a month. The Labour Department said in its reports anything below the consensus forecast would suggest that the best of the jobs market really is behind us. That alone is a major indication that things will never be the same. 35,000 jobs okay, are now unavailable. Think about where we're going to be in the next two months, the next three months, the next four months, the next five months. It's very clear to see that this year has been, you know, unprecedented in terms of layoffs, in terms of um, unparalleled opportunities that's been brought to people's attention, but also unparalleled um, disadvantages that's been brought to people's attention. You know, um, I've had family members who have worked in a job, worked in, in solid jobs for, for over two decades. You know, one of, one of my sisters, for example, she worked for Virgin Airways. She worked for Virgin for over 20 years. But due to what's happening with Virgin, they've now led to, to, very simply, laying off a lot of people just so that they can preserve their capital. So it's important to understand that anyone can be left in a financial, uh, in an unfortunate financial predicament. And that's the reason why you guys are here today, listening to this podcast, to get ahead of the curve, to taking advantage of what's happening within our financial global economy. Um, moving into stocks in the better world, we have a stocks portfolio available in the Discord. So if you're not already in there, get your ass inside of there. Um, there, of course, you will be able to see exactly what our analysts have been providing you guys. And hey, 
If you're actually looking to learn how to trade stocks, also contact us for mentoring and we'll sort you guys out. But as it stands, we do have an ebook available for beginners for Forex and for stocks, which will be available on our website. Um, just going to talk about three top performing stocks that we've um, that our analysts have provided. Uh, Tesla, okay, they're just under six hundred dollars at the moment. They're up forty percent last month. Jesus, okay, that is exactly what you want to be hearing. Um, another company that we also mentioned was Snowflake. Snowflake are up forty six percent last month. Um, the price at the moment is three hundred eighty seven dollars. Um, and last but not least, the favorite really that I I've kind of um, done a lot of research into prior to actually investing was William Hill. William Hill are up 57% this year. Okay, the share price is at £26.90. Now, you know, it goes without saying that common sense is not so common. But if you're able to take advantage of your uh, financial opportunities or the financial news events, this can really put you in a position to financially capitalise. Okay, um, all sports was off during our first lockdown. But we knew that coming out of lockdown, all sports was going to resume, which meant places like bookies, which weren't able to make any money because all sports was off. Now, of course, would have a massive surge of business coming through the door. So it was just really about taking the advantage of, of the inevitable, you know, obvious situations that would occur. Um, and that's the real reason why listening to a podcast or researching in your own time is important for your own development, because the opportunities are in front of us. It's just very hard for us to be able to see them. Um, and, and that really does bring me into the Airbnb stock. Uh, excuse me, I gave it away. The IPO that I wanted to mention was Airbnb. Now, the home sharing company that shook up the hospitality industry is preparing for its public debut. An initial public offering expected to value it at more than $30 billion is finally set to launch this Wednesday. Now, with Airbnb um, listing on the NASDAQ under the ticker symbol ABNB, it is just one of several big IPOs this year, despite the volatility created by the pandemic. And Airbnb is a popular brand for those who don't know and has given a big hotel company, or have, have given, should I say, big hotel companies a run for their money. But regulatory and competitive risks are not to be ignored. Airbnb may be new to the public market, but privately it has been building up a track record that has competitors like Expedia uh, and Bookings, Bookings.com looking all over their shoulders. Um, last year, Airbnb's gross bookings of $38 billion were 35% that of Expedia and 39% of Bookings. So the gap has narrowed dramatically to 62 and 64% respectively in year to date so far. So there's an element of doubt whether this catch-up driven by a pandemic-led surge in demand for social distancing and friendly alternatives to staying at hotels can continue as the world begins to emerge from the pandemic. But the company has a knack for ensuring guests return. Airbnb will be one of 2020's biggest IPOs, but its lasting role in the hospitality industry is still too early to tell. Now, I personally believe Airbnb will have a long, uh, a long-standing business uh, existence within the the hotel uh, the hospitality industry um, simply because of what the, the dynamic they offer of course it does give other competitors like hotels a chance for them to change their business model to to kind of exploit um, Airbnbs so that of course they can you know continue to have more business but the IPO looks good 
Um, and for those of you who are looking to rally up in the IPO, just like what we did for Snowflake, I, I would definitely advise you guys to be at the ready. Drop your questions inside of the Discord section for our stocks. And of course, speak to our analysts. They're there to help. Last but not least, I'm going to end off the podcast with China. China's exports and imports are expected to rise at a faster pace in November, helped by strong demand and coronavirus-related disruptions at factories in other countries. What a coincidence. Um, exports, and ex- sorry, exports are expected to have risen 12% from a year earlier, according to a medium estimate of Reuters' poll of 24 economists, quickening from 11.4% gain in October. Now, here's where we get to the good part. Booming sales of fridges, toasters and microwaves to households across the lockdown world have helped pick propel China's mammoth manufacturing engine back to life, supercharging demand for key metals like steel, copper, aluminium after a sharp slump early in the year. Now, imports likely to rise um, 6.1% on year, also accelerating from the previous month's 4.7% pace held up by improving domestic demand and higher commodity prices. So China's trade surplus is expected to have narrowed a bit to 35, excuse me, $53 billion in November from 58 billion in October, but the data will be released on Monday for us to see exactly where they are. Now, continued strong shipments of face masks and other medical supplies underpinned exports last month. Oh, the irony. Um, The substitution effect of China's exports will continue to increase as supply capacity of emerging economies has not yet recovered. So China's official and private manufacturing surveys also showed new export orders expanded at a faster pace, but some analysts cautioned that surging infections and fresh lockdowns in some of its key trading partners could dent demand for Chinese goods. So a sharp appreciation of the yen currency in recent months could also cloud the outlook for exports, um, for exports exporters both. Some firms reported that a strong yen squeezed profits and reduced export orders in November. The Statistics Bureau said also that the yen has booked six straight months of gains, its longest such winning streak since the late 2014, and it's trading at two and a half year highs. This, as we've mentioned on some of our live stream calls before, is not really too appealing um, to, you know, importers, uh, sorry, to exporters, um, people that's in the global trade of business. Um, UBS forecast China's GDP growth would rebound 8% in 2021, led by exports and domestic consumption. They expect exports to grow by 11 to 12% as the global economy recovers from the recession, helped by rapid vaccine development now we won't go too much into the vaccine because that's that's not really covering um, anything financially for us uh, as of yet but what i would say is this has been me uh, this has been a big global uh, shakedown and exactly what's happening in every area we didn't really go too much into gold uh, or into commodities as such but we'll leave that for another time Um, What I do want to say to you guys is if you've enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review. okay? and I'll be sure to give you guys a shout out on the next episode 
Um, and we'll have a special guest in the next episode as well, touching upon cryptocurrency, because as most people have been aware, cryptocurrencies really have been booming. So we're going to make sure we're bringing you guys the best episodes with the best information. And of course, more importantly, making sure you guys are able to capitalize on the information that you guys are receiving. That's me today. I've been your host, Cavell. I hope you're all well. Hope you've enjoyed listening. And remember, every day is money day. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.